Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Hi, welcome to Set for Life. Today we have a special guest with us. It's Chaplain John McTurnan. Dr. McTurnan is the founder of Defend and Proclaim the Faith Ministries. He also co-founded International Cops for Christ, and he's an ordained chaplain there. Dr. McTurnan, so glad to have you with us. I wanted to talk to you today about uh, something that you are particular about, is about people who have a broken heart. Luke 4.18 says that Jesus, he said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Dr. McTernan, there's a lot of people out there that are brokenhearted, even saved people. This is a huge problem, isn't it? It really is. And when you said that even saved people could have broken hearts, that was me. I had a uh, broken heart when I came to Christ in 1974, and I didn't know it. I had internal problems going on. Uh, big highs and lows. I was struggling with life. It was like a power drain on me. There were a lot of things. And uh, the Lord did touch things in my life when I came to him. And again, back in 1974, uh, but I never heard one sermon about uh, healing the brokenhearted. I never heard any teaching about it. And I never heard anyone to give a testimony about it. So as a new believer, uh, that never crossed my mind that I might have a broken heart. And then time went on, and I was trying to find, I knew something was wrong. And I was crying out to the Lord, what is wrong? In the meantime, I'm ministering for him. I mean, I knew the truth. I believed in the truth. But internally, there was something wrong. 30 years later, Brother Ray, 30 years later, in early 2000. I was driving, listening to a a Christian radio, and a woman came on who wrote a book, said Between Two Worlds, and it was the life of uh, children from a divorced family. And that's what happened with me. I I came up from a divorce. I grew up in a divorced family. And she said in her book that every child that she interviewed that or every person that came from a divorced family, and they were children in it, had a broken heart. And bingo, bingo, I put it together. I said, that's the problem. Well, I ordered her book. It came, I read it, I closed it. And I remember I was sitting on my bed uh, reading it. And I got up and I stood up and I said, Lord, I believe my problem is a broken heart. I said, if my heart is broken, would you please pray it? That's uh, heal it. That's almost word for word. Wow. So lo and behold, he, he came into my life in that area. My big bondage was uh, loneliness. From that divorce, I my mother remarried, and I didn't fit in what was the new marriage and all. I just turned into like a shell in that area, and so I was living with my in, in a family lonely because I wanted to be with my father. So that was the big core 
of what was wrong with me was this deep, deep loneliness, which came from a broken heart. So the Lord healed me of it. And Ray, this is the amazing thing. I can't tell you the time span from when I literally felt the Lord pulling that loneliness out of me. Wow. And the Lord threw me into the healing, the brokenhearted ministry. It wasn't long. And I'd be in a group, let's say a prayer group, and I'd see a person there. I'd hear in my inside, I'd hear broken heart, broken heart. So I'd go up to the person and I'd say, excuse me, but uh, I believe the Lord's telling me you have a broken heart and he wants me to pray for you. Every single person that I did that with said, oh, yes, please pray with me. And I saw like instant, the Lord worked instantly in their lives. And next thing you know, when I was speaking in a church, I would tell the pastor, after its service is over, I'd like to have a special prayer for the brokenhearted. But then I started to preach sermons on healing the brokenhearted. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it went international. Well, it's in India, Pakistan. I have it in Chinese, Swahili. Because and there's broken hearts all over the world. It's, exactly, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Exactly, everywhere. Now, this is the key to this. I went online. I put my material about healing the broken heart online, and I was contacted by uh, pastors in uh, India, in Pakistan, in Nigeria, and Kenya. And at first, I'm looking for a scam because right? it's the internet. And then they, they said, look, I, I'm gonna, I want to translate this brochure you wrote, and we'll print it here. And I want to distribute it in my, wow. in my ministry. Yeah. So I figured I had nothing to lose. So I did it. Next thing you know, they're setting me up to preach to the Muslims and the Hindus. And what I found, Ray, is the ministry of Jesus Christ is number one, came to preach the gospel to the poor. The good news, the poor means poor in spirit. That's the first order of Luke 418. This is his ministry. He has a semicolon. So I've learned what a semicolon means. And whatever follows the semicolon is directly associated to what preceded it. It was before it, right. Then it says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So that's associated with the gospel to the poor. So yeah. Jesus Christ was anointed to do that. Wow. But then there's a comma, and it says to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance to the captives means those that have strongholds, bondage in their mind. Then it says to recovering sight to the blind. That's spiritual sight, that we may understand the things of God. They understand his word. And it ends with to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, the word bruised, it means to be crushed. Uh, in other words, you'd be bruised from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes. Uh, and as I studied it, it really is connected with being oppressed of the devil. When I preached in Pakistan, I preached exactly that message. Or I pray with the people. When I pray with them, every time I speak, I end up praying with breaking for healing the broken heart, destroying strongholds in minds, and setting people free from being oppressed of the devil. And they responded in great numbers. Because they, they have, want it. They have broken hearts. Yes. They have broken hearts. So the combination of the gospel, the good news, especially with the broken heart, is what's led so many Hindus to the Lord. Mm. So then Buddhists. I, I Just recently, I preached uh, to Buddhists 
And we had numbers of Buddhists come to the Lord also. Uh, so the key is just following the ministry of Jesus Christ. Simply enough. That's it. It That's was simple. Him. Just follow his ministry. You have stated that the first step in healing a broken heart is to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ before God can yeah. heal the brokenhearted. Right. There's something in this, though, that I wanted to, to jump on is that I think a lot of people think that only the brokenhearted can be unsaved people. So they're thinking, well, you've got a broken heart, you must need Jesus. But then there's a lot of people that have already given their life to Jesus, and they're still suffering with loneliness, anger, fear. Um, They have some bitterness going on, depression. They have drug issues, maybe. There's a lot of symptoms about a real broken heart, but then they say, but it can't be me because I accepted Jesus, so there's something else wrong. Then they put it on their self, and that's not, I don't believe that was the Lord's intention either. He still saves us from the broken heart even after salvation. John, how about also the people who say, but I've given my life to Jesus, but there's still something there. There's still something wrong. Brother John, I've talked to many people in my ministry that are believers, but they still got a break in there some kind of way. And they know the passages. Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart. Also, will I give you a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. I will give you a new heart of flesh. And they're thinking, well, if I have this new heart, then how come I'm feeling off like I am? Do you have any insight on what that could be? Yes. See, part of my testimony was when I came to Christ, no one mentioned that Christ would heal the broken hearts. No one. Yeah. And I never heard it in the church. I never heard testimony it, like it didn't exist. In fact, uh, most of the modern translations have taken out in Luke 418. He sent me to heal the broken hearted. That's been removed. That's why we got to preach the full ministry of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm doing in Pakistan. So when I speak to the people, it's salvation, and at the same time, mm. they heal their broken hearts. Yes, okay. They strongholds in their minds to pray that if they're oppressed of the devil, they're set free. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, Ray, I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. 2,000 years, we'll say roughly 2,000 years ago, the Lord spoke Luke 4.18, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, 2,000 years later, the people's hearts have to be, still have to be healed? Yeah, they do. Right. Do people still have strongholds in their minds? Absolutely. Have, yeah. Are they still oppressed of the devil? Yes. So it's incumbent upon us as preachers that when we're speaking to the unsaved to say, look, when you come to Christ, he also wants to forgive, he wants to forgive you of sin, give you assurance of eternal life. Mm-hmm. He also wants to heal broken hearts. I think everybody that comes to the Lord, everybody that's unsaved, has a broken heart one degree or another. Yes. And he wants to free our minds. This is the ministry. It doesn't stop with salvation. And that's what's happened. We yes. think the ministry of Jesus Christ is the good news, which it is. Right. But we look at Luke 4.18. We look at Isaiah 61.1, because when the Lord quoted Luke 4.18, it was coming from Isaiah 61.1. So we are to follow through with his ministry when we're ministering to people and people would come to Christ saved, have assurance of eternal life. Then the Lord will deal with their broken hearts right at that time. He'll deal with strongholds 
in their minds, and he'll deal with if they're oppressed of the devil. But somehow we stop at salvation right. and think that that's the ministry. It's it's like half the ministry. We've got that semicolon there that joins it all together. Right. I'm glad you said also, because you said also heal their heart, because uh, again, I think you nailed it. A lot of people say, well, I'm saved, so that's it. It's all good. John, I remember one time somebody dropped an infant off at, at the local post office. They couldn't take care of it. So it's kind of like for the infant, welcome to the world, but now we're walking away. I mean, somebody's got to pick that child up and do something with them. And so I, I kind yes. of see a lot of ministries do that on a salvation basis. Welcome to the kingdom. You're saved now, but bye. And we hope you do well. And it's kind of like, what do I do from here? The next step involves your forgiveness towards others. Okay, I yes. was forgiven. Yes. Okay, great. Thank yes. you, Jesus, for forgiving me. But now... Who do I need to forgive? There is a furtherance of what has to happen after the moment of your salvation. You don't just take your salvation and go, woohoo, my ticket is punched. I'm going to be on the bus. You now have to do something with it. And I think that's where a lot of people are not grasping this whole ministry idea that you're talking about is it's like, well, I've got my salvation. I'm good, but there's more to do. And so the forgiveness here, uh, a broken heart can be from, uh, you know, the depression and the bitterness because you haven't forgiven somebody else. And so you may need to forgive yourself for some crazy things you did in the past uh, or forgive somebody that wronged you or a a bad event that you were caught up in with them in, in the past. And you need to forgive that. And these grudges that maybe even people have against God for whatever reason, that grudge, that unforgiveness, that problem has to be confessed to God from that person's regenerated heart, and then new things can take place. Healing the brokenhearted is very important to God, not just in your getting saved, but what you do with it from there. I'm telling you, preach it, Brother Ray. Preach well, I'm just, I'm just rolling with you, man. <laughs> no, so you're, no, you, you're inspiring you, you're me na- too. So well, you're really nailing it. Um, in when I, Ray, I have ministered with well over a thousand people. And what I've learned in it is that the very first thing I, when I talk to people, I'm going to pray with them for the healing of a broken heart is forgiveness. Mm. Now, horrendous things have been done to people. I'm so blessed by God when I do minister to people, literally 10 minutes after I minister, God wipes it out of my mind. And I could speak to the person, you know, two weeks later, and I wouldn't remember, seriously, he wipes because a lot of it you can't internalize. I mean, it sure. would, I mean, you would cry all day long with the stuff that I've heard, Ray. But God purges it out of my mind. So we have to deal with forgiveness, and some of it is really hard. In all the people I prayed with, there was just one woman I I went to pray with. I talked about forgiveness and had to do about a divorce with her husband. She wouldn't forgive him, and I said, "I'm sorry, I, I can't continue with you. I, without forgiveness, I can't continue." And uh, she couldn't believe it. And I said to her, I can't, I have to end praying with you. So what I do is I intercede. Like if I'm talking to someone and they said, this person did such this, I can't forgive them, but I know I should. I intercede for them. I give a prayer of forgiveness on their part. And I ask them, do you agree with that prayer? Does that prayer satisfy the forgiveness and every one of them I've done that for said yes. Wow. And then so, but you have to forgive. When Jesus yeah. Christ was being nailed on the cross, the Roman soldiers were driving the nails into his hands and feet there. 
He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. See, so we have to, that's the perfect example of forgiveness. So we have to forgive, right? We have to. And uh, if we don't forgive, it can lead to bitterness, hatred, malice, and that's square in the devil's realm. And that's square what breaks their heart in the first place. Yeah, that's that's what's breaking yes. them. Yes. Yes. They're right in the devil's realm. And when, with forgiveness, it takes us out of the devil's realm. Oh, my gosh. People hear that. Forgiveness takes you out of the devil's realm. If you're trapped in the devil's realm, it doesn't feel good. It's put pain on you. You're breaking. You're out of steam. How am I going to continue? I don't know what I'm going to do. You need to get out of the devil's realm. And how you do that is forgiving. You know, we get our reconciliation with God when we turn our life over to Jesus, but then you should go reconcile with others. Uh, Brother John, I was talking to somebody one time. She had two daughters. Apparently, they had a bad, bad past, and there's a lot of resentment with each other. She gets saved, and she's living the Jesus life now. Well, her daughters came to her mad about something, and they were wanting to talk to her. And she was, it was argumentative, I guess, but the way she took it is, nope, I gave my life to Jesus. And I, she literally put her nose in the air when she was telling me this story. She says, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm saved. Whatever beef you have with me is your problem. I said, no. I said, that's still your problem because they want reconciliation with you. They came to talk to you. And you told them, no, I'm saved in Jesus. I don't need this. You need to reconcile with them as, as difficult as it might be. They're looking for it. And, yeah. and she, yeah. she wouldn't do it. But she's like, no, I'm saved. I'm good. If they got issues, that's on them. I'm like, ma'am, you, you helped put those issues on them. And they asked you to reconcile, and you wouldn't do it. So we yeah. have got to reconcile. Okay. We, if, friend, if you have been saved, if you have been forgiven by the Lord God, then you've got to go do the same for others. Matthew 6, 14 says, if you forgive men their trespasses, then your father, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So it's kind of like if it was put into you, you should put it back out. I talk to lots of people with these issues and they're breaking. And usually if they will let me talk to them, we will find something deep down in there that they're harboring some resentment, some grudge, some unforgiveness thing, some kind of deal that they won't let it go for whatever reason they're holding on to it. Forgiveness takes you out of Satan's realm. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Everybody write that down right now. That's good <laughs> words. Well, well, Ray, uh, I'm really blessed uh, talking to you. This is wonderful. I, I, I want to share along the lines what you just brought out was I told you how many people I've ministered to now. And so I've learned a lot one-on-one ministering to people. And I come across people that have seen, quote, Christian psychologists, worldly psychologists, psychiatrists. They've told me they've been prayed over 10, 20 times. They've been prayed over to have demons cast out. Nothing works. There's something wrong. Now, Ray, I don't ask people this anymore when I pray for them. But through the years, I've asked this question. And all the times have you been prayed over, and everything that's happened with you, has anyone ever prayed for the healing of your broken heart? Hmm. Not one, Ray. Not, not one. Goodness. Not one. No, never. Never heard it. No. So I said, that's your problem. You've got a broken heart. Yeah. So then I, we go and we find out it's usually in the family unit. Usually kids grow up um, full of fear in a family unit. 
that's usually the basis of it. The father's not there. There's, they, they're subject to violence. Uh, there's fighting between the mother and the father. It's ingrained it's, in them very young. Yeah, at very young age. It also comes in marriage. When and well, Ray, let me back up. And this is very, very important. If you're five years old, let's say, and all of a sudden the mother and the father start fighting, yelling and maybe slap and the punch and all this. And then that continues until you graduate high school. So you're 12 years growing up in a war zone. Kids can't adopt to that. Kids can't relate to it. The kids are supposed to grow up nurtured in love, right? Yes. That's how God established it. So these kids, what they do is they, a spirit of fear is placed in them right. in a very, very young age, a deep fear. So they grow up in a war zone. They grow up in a young age developing post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And what I find out, it usually hits them in the late 40s and 50s. They don't know they have post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And we associate that with like war. Military, yes. Military. And, you know, someone, something horrific happens, a police, they, and a shootout, and they they get post-traumatic stress disorder from it. But the kids are growing up in war zones or in a marriage. A marriage becomes in a a war zone. So every day. For five years, and finally there's a divorce or, or separate, or maybe not. Maybe they're still living in that. They've developed post-traumatic stress disorder. So the Lord has given me a ministry to pray for the healing of post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's been incredible to see people heal from it. It's incredible, and it affects their health. So uh, people's health start breaking down in the late 40s and 50s uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder. Your body it's in a constant state of like defense. It's like you're ready for a fight 24, seven, 365 days a year. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder does. So what I do Ray is um, I had a, like a a vision from the Lord of what it is post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And it's like inflammation in your nervous system. It's like, it's like it flares it up. Okay. It flares up. Yeah. So uh, that's the first person I prayed for. I, I, I said, the Lord gave me like a vision of it. I was, I was looking at it. So what I did is I prayed for the Holy Spirit for a, like a healing balm. You know, the Bible talks about the balm of Gilead. Right. So I prayed for that and I could see the irritation and ever uh, the redness all one by one, one area going out, going out, going out. And the person was completely healed of it. And that's how I minister to people now. When I detect post-traumatic stress disorder, I pray over them so that the Holy Spirit will minister to all that damage done to the nervous system. It's inflamed and that the Lord will put that fire out and they calm down. They wow. calm down. And they, wow. they, they're, so it's exciting to see this. But this is the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is, this is, what, this is how the Lord heals. This is how it heals the hearts. He frees our minds. It's not through through psychology and drugs, right? The power of the Holy Spirit is there to heal people. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life 
is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.